never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps of Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview because I have got a very like-minded uh, new friend out there, <laughs> Brandon Watt. Um, we just talked for brief moments and we, we realized we've got exactly the same topic that makes us hot and, and bothered under the collar. And, and <laughs> that is that is a negative way of putting it. We should be positive here because we will talk about the power of choice, the power of intentional living, of making every moment count. And that is the biggest, biggest gift of sobriety, the biggest gift of post-traumatic growth. Wherever you are, guys, and you're in your journey of becoming the new you, this is an interview that you don't want to miss. Brendan, welcome to my show. Hello, my friend. Thank you. It's wonderful <laughs> to be here. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure because we have got all the same amount of seconds in a day. Yet some of us, guilty as charged, um, are sometimes so flat out and you're just more responsive and reactive. And, you know, you're the hamster on, on your wheel. Yeah. And it's just, oh, and we forget that we have good choices. And that is such a beautiful, beautiful topic to talk about. But you didn't wake up one day when you were eight years old and say, hey, mommy, I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be an international renowned speaker. I'm going to go out there and help people live a better life. Yeah. Said no, said no eight-year-old ever. <laughs> What's your story, man? Yeah, well, I that was definitely not my story at eight years old, eight, eight years of age. But I grew up in Australia and... You know, I grew up very, very lower class and, you know, with the, there was a lot of abuse and different things like that. So by the time I left school, it was all about getting a trade. You know, I got a trade and was a tiler for right. um, 15 years and was basically told that that was all I could be, you know, so I fell straight <laughs> into that thing of, Okay, that's all I can be, and that's you know have kid, have a have a child, get a relationship, get a trade. There you go. There's your life on a silver platter, or not even a silver platter because we couldn't afford silver. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, intriguing. Same here. Uh, brought up on the wrong side of the tracks um, was alcohol, and were were medications, drugs, etc. Was that yeah. part of your up, uh, upbringing? Yeah, a lot. I mean, my father was a heavy drinker and, you know, a lot of people around me also, it was like alcohol was the solution to everything, the solution to get away from yourself. And, you know, I actually had a good friend of mine back when I was beginning this path with sobriety and he asked me, hey, what do you remember about the first time you ever took a drink? And for me, that was, I was 13 years old and it was beer with some friends, with some older friends. And I kind of just got still with that and remembered that moment. And I went, wow, I finally, it felt like I belonged. I finally felt comfortable in my skin. And it was interesting to get that awareness because I recognized that was one of the things. It was basically what I used alcohol for. You know, it took off the sensitivity to my awareness and allowed me to compress into something that I believed others could receive. 
you know, I didn't have to be as different as I knew I could be. I could just use that as a way of basically not being present in my life. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, if I look at my journey with alcohol, I was setting myself up for disaster from the beginning. Yet at that moment, it helped you to escape your your reality. It yeah. helped and you to find peace. Yeah, That is so beautiful and- that how you described that. Um, yeah, that's actually a very similar response that I had. Uh, it was the first time that I didn't look over my shoulder and was ready to fight. <laughs> but it was it was actually the first time that I could truly, honestly love with the deepest belly laughter uh, that was possible, uh, yeah, as, if, right. as if a new me was born at that moment. So yeah. interesting, and that well, was and it was. Sorry. Yeah, it was I mean, I love the way you say it like that too, because I think that is a big step in sobriety is having gratitude for it as well. It's not going, okay, now let me make alcohol wrong because alcohol is the worst thing ever because alcohol destroyed my life. One thing I know about me, nothing destroys my life but me. It wasn't the alcohol, it was me. Yep. You know, so it's like, yep. so I'm grateful. I had so many good times I, I, and and it really did in moments that I that I felt that I couldn't go on. Alcohol was there to create whatever it created. So it was, I like that point of view of having gratitude for it also. Mm. And it's hard because at the same token, if you look at uh, how relapse actually occurs, um, it, it starts many, many months before you actually have your drink or shoot up or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the hallmarks or one of the, the criteria leading things to it is, is that you romanticize uh, your past use, your past thing. I think that's actually a very intriguing one because on the one hand, there are the sort of the, the sobriety uh, people who say, oh, don't romanticize uh, thing. It is an evil thing. And when when I come more from a from a trauma point of view, from a from a having a shit life and using alcohol at, and in that moment as some some savior, as some something that takes the pain away. And, I, and yeah. that's that's I think what people sometimes forget. So if you go onto that that war path of oh bedeviling, the drugs are evil, pornography is evil, everything is evil. Um, yeah. you actually keep forgetting that at that moment in time, for that person, it's not evil. It is yeah. it is actually rescue, however that's, crooked. Yeah, however crooked, exactly. And I think that's a great way of looking at it too, because. We we try to create separation as if that's going to be the solution. Mm. So it's like, let me go, let me create all of these judgments about now alcohol is bad and it's mm. terrible, it's evil, you know, drugs are bad, it's terrible, it's evil. With those judgments alone, you've created a separation between you and anybody who takes them. With that, anywhere that you create that separation mm. is everything that you can't receive or also can't contribute to that person. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Exactly. Um, no, you're so right. It is uh, very much a. I mean, what we said, Christ. We could, we we could talk. I mean, we too preach to the converted here, so <laughs> so it's a little bit difficult for us. So, so, having said that, let's let's move on because we have got. Ultimately, we have got 
different lives nowadays and yeah, they didn't come exactly they didn't come from uh just out of the blue um how long did your journey with alcohol actually last how long did your your love affair last <laughs> that romantic love affair that thing where it's because I like the way you put it also, the romanticizing it, because I definitely romanticized alcohol. I was like, it'll be fine. It's not going to affect me. I can just, you know, everything's going to be fine. I'm I'm, um, I'm just over 14. I'm almost, I think I'm almost 15 months sober now. Yeah. So basically, it was a few, it was three years ago when I started realizing I have a problem, you know, and I realized I couldn't stop and I didn't, mm. I, I didn't want to get help. I didn't want to look at it. You know, all the, the usual things that come along with alcoholism, which one of the big ones is denial, mm-hmm. you know, oh, lying yeah. to yourself about it. So for me, you know, I, I actually ended up uh, two years ago, I ended up, I was doing, um, I was doing a seminar in Italy and I had um, just been trying to stop on my own for about eight months, you know, and I'd stop for three weeks and then drink again. And then, and, but this is when the lying really started, the secrecy, hiding it from people, hiding it from the world. I ended up in a rehab in Italy for two weeks and, you know, did this rehab and was basically just like, yeah, I'll do what you tell me to do so I can get out of here and get back <laughs> to my life. <laughs> and you know, that was the romanticizing aspect of it was this total denial, you know, and so I got back to my life. And I, I didn't get any more help, you know, and I was seven months sober. And that took me up until March last year, when the wheels came off, I didn't, I didn't fall off the wagon, I, I crashed the wagon off the cliff and with me <laughs> on it. <laughs> well, May I ask the the alcohol itself? Uh, there was initially a love affair, and with every relationship, the first three months or free with alcohol, the first three years or sometimes ten years are yeah. beautiful. And then this this relationship changes, and yeah. the way that alcohol actually works on you, um, <clears throat> it changes. The, yeah. Down the line. I was more trying to numb myself and escaping into a world of fun and joy as it was initially, that did never happen again. Or yeah. if it happened, it happened just well with such <laughs> such big doses of alcohol that yeah, my God. Um, was that the same journey for you? Did actually did the alcohol still provide you help? towards yeah, the later well, years no not towards the later years you know it started because see one of the things that one of the things that i've learned is the so when you basically drink to get away from your awareness you don't actually get away from your awareness you just lock it out of your world so you don't have access to it and that's the thing that i struggled with so the last few years no i would Drink to get away from myself, but wouldn't get away from myself. Drink oh, to get away from beautiful. my problems, but wouldn't get anywhere. So no, it wasn't helping. But the thing that really helped me in my recovery, one of the big things was recognizing that with alcoholism, my body has an allergy to it. 
you know once i drink i cannot stop it's not like i didn't want to stop i couldn't stop i physically could not stop myself from drinking so recognizing that i went oh okay and i started to understand it for what it was rather than come to my own conclusions about how wrong i am with it nice nice the problem of course is here you were trying to escape at the age of 13 and using alcohol can i can i take an educated guess quite heavily um from the word go yeah well not quite heavily from the word go because i had other substances that were fun too you know for <laughs> me for me weed was great ah very you good know, i love that because it was more of a it was more kind of my style it would be more mellow and i could i could nice. be the introvert that i wanted to be but so, no, it, it didn't really take off to the heavy stages until late teens. Interesting. Yeah. Having said that, we, as a, there is a, there's a rough rule, a rough guide is that your emotional growth pretty much stops when you start using regularly and whatever that using is. And uh, I, so, in other words, uh, are you a 13 year old or a 17 year old who is trapped now in a man's body um, you know well you know i'd say with that that those things come up like i think with you know you might i think for a lot of us we can find ourselves acting a certain way and one of the questions i like to use and i use this with people and myself is how old are you being and it might be like oh 13 and you're like okay this would be a question i would ask somebody what happened at 13 oh, you know what? I started drinking to get away from myself. Oh, okay, beautiful. cool. And then we have an awareness that we can start dealing with because mm. what we what we tend to do is we take something that we can't seem to handle and then we get ourselves locked up in it and we have no choice beyond it. So that I find is a great question because it gets you to realize, wow, I'm, you know, I'm acting like a child. What <laughs> happened then that I haven't been willing to change? Exactly. Exactly right. And it's a weird thing. It's so weird. And for me, it must be the early 20s, really, when, yeah. that, when that occurred. Because in my dreams, I often find myself in that stage. Um, and it is weird. And it is, it's whilst I have got uh, post-traumatic stress, um, it is sometimes that these these kind of very weird dreams, um, but it's always more, more or less the same age range where I'm just digitally lost and I'm, I'm typically mm. in a different country, have started a different place of work, live somewhere in a different place. And whatever I try to do, things don't work out. I want to go home. I can't find a place. I want to go to work. No, I end up in the wrong hospital. I, uh, it is, uh, you know, you try to look it up somewhere or your phone is gone. And it's just, what the, what? But I'm always at that same age and it is yeah. uh, intriguing. So that was well, a interesting break from here. That too. Interesting that. And you know, that's one of the so I you mentioned that I do this stuff called access consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I when I really just went, you know what, either I if either I go on this path of sobriety or I'll be dead within 12 months. And I knew it. I knew that. And I basically had tried to kill myself when I relapsed. You know, it was like I don't even know how I made it out of that relapse. It's mm -hmm. a miracle that I'm still here. 
And so what I did was I used AA, you know, I needed those steps and I needed the structure and I also needed the accountability to get sober. Mm. But then after that, I need, uh, what I actually required was to create my life. Nice. You know, one of the things that I've avoided my whole life is creating my life. Like what, like we talked about creating that, which lights you up, blows your hair back float your boat, you know, all of those things. And it's just that thing that you truly came here to be on this, on this planet. And so for me, that was, that is my biggest step to sobriety and maintaining it Mm. is evolving. So, oh, say that again, say that again, evolving. (laughs) No, it is, you're growing, you're growing. True story. You're making, you're you're the phoenix out of the ashes. Okay. So, I love that. I love that bird. Isn't it? Absolutely. Same here, too. And sometimes, sometimes when I look in the mirror and I see my feathers drooping and I see my feathers that are falling out and then looking rather ragged, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay, is it time to grow again? <laughs> and in all fairness, the last two, three years, I mean, there was so much shit that was thrown at most of us. I don't know anyone who's at good times in the last two years with COVID and social isolation and everything you can you can throw at yourself. It seemed to have come in those times. No surprise that that we were tempted to fall back into your into our old old habits, whatever they were. Um, And so, I mean, welcome to the club. That's all I can say. I'm so grateful for you that you had your relapse, because it means that if you imagine a bow and arrow, well, this relapse has pulled the string back. You're ready with tension. You're ready to go. And now it's just a question of, okay, where do you want to aim your arrow? Where do you, who do you want to be? In which direction do you want to grow? And there yeah. you are, bang, you're letting go. Yeah. And that's that's the beautiful thing. So, yeah. I mean, that is the strength of us. So let's celebrate our failures. Let's celebrate the sheer fact that you had a relapse. Because congratulations, you're a human being. You have yeah. had years and probably decades of somehow coping with with you know alcohol or not probably not coping escaping with alcohol okay that's a better way of putting it exactly exactly right (laughs) so are you surprised that that your your subconscious comes back to oh well that worked last time come on let's try it again so man well congratulations and here you you. are the new and improved version look at you yeah yeah (laughs) and it's it, it is and i love the way you put it like that because You've got to have gratitude for every choice you've ever made. Mm. It's not about the good choices or the bad choices. It's about recognizing that every single choice we've ever made gets us to where we are right now. That's the accountability part. That's the recognition that there is nobody who's given, who's made you who you are. We've Mm. chosen to be who we are based on our choices. And when we recognize that, I think we can go, you know, we, we have a different ownership over what we can create as the future nice nice and also we 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 accept it as a privilege uh that we can make these choices we don't take them for granted anymore and i certainly live a far more intentional life nowadays um than i ever ever did in the past um 
and that is that is a gift or uh, it's a hat a gifted habit let's call it like that um because it it it, it requires me taking action but uh, yeah. the, the kind of action steps uh, i mean they are so important i will come back to them uh, and your life what the, are the action steps you are taking we'll come back to that in a moment though but I know we 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 know sort of your youth was not the greatest, and alcohol was a was a helper there. Um, you went into a trade, which is brilliant. Tiling, uh, we always yeah. need need tradies. So yeah. tradies out there, hey, you're my heroes, guys. Finally, okay. somebody who knows the word tradies. I moved to the US, <laughs> and nobody knows what the word tradie is. <laughs> Shit, yeah, no, no, we need you guys. Okay, so let's not get that wrong. Um, the Having said that, uh, yeah, from tradies to going out trying to change the world, um, regardless where alcohol was at that time, well, that's a big transformation. How did that happen? Yeah, good question. You know, because people look at me like, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> so it's a good question. But basically, I'd gotten to this point at 30 years old where you know, I had a four-year-old son. I, I just ended the relationship with his mother, and I was miserable. I, I was at one of my rock bottoms at that point, you know, and I just didn't want to live anymore. And so I started going, okay, this is it. I don't want to be here. And, you know, and this was when I found access consciousness in these tools and, and my life began to change, you know, quickly as well. One of the first tools in access consciousness is this thing called the access bars, which is, which is a body process. It's 32 points on the head which is basically about deleting your computer bank. It's about getting rid of all the beliefs, considerations, mm. ideals, all that stuff that you have. So I got this, my first session, you know, I got my first session when I was 30, when I was miserable. Mm. And, and I had this girl, she advertised it in the paper, actually. A couple of days after I made this demand of something needs to change or I'm out of here, I found this little ad in the paper that said, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory, call Mel. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and I called this girl and she told me about it. And so I was like, okay, I'm coming to do a session. And <laughs> so me, the, picture this, right? 30 year old. No, no, no. no. Yeah, first of all, first of all, you know, uh, for a good time, call Mel. That normally <laughs> leads to other things. So, well, funny enough, she actually got a lot of those phone calls. I was the only person who called her that wanted to change their life. Right. And so, you know, I, I, so I go there and I'm 30 year old tradesman. So I'm putting on the macho act, you know, I'm a man, you know, I'm a 30 year old Australian tradesman. I know my shit. And so I get there and, you know, and she starts, she's, she's like, can I start Can I ask you some questions as well? As soon as she put her hands on my head and started asking me questions, I sobbed oh. and I talk, and I mean, I cried. I did not stop for an hour and a half of this session. And when she finished, I got up and got in my car and I was like, and I had that sense of peace that I had as a young boy return to my world. And I was wow. like, wow. And it, even telling you now, it, 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 the hairs on my body stand up because I'm like, the, it, it, it blew off so much of the stuff that I'd put on that, that was keeping me hidden. Mm. And I'll forever be grateful for that session. It was a turning point in my life. And then from there on, it's basically been, choice after choice after choice after choice and you know and a lot of contribution from others as well but recognizing i think my 
for me, what I could offer for other people is the more you can not come to a conclusion about how that looks, because that would make no sense. You couldn't go, how do you become a tradesman to a, to a speaker? You'd be like, I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> there is no roadmap to that. It was, it was based on what, what would I have to, what could I choose today that would allow me to have a different reality? Hmm. What were, I mean, you had that session, you sat in yep. the car, you thought, wow. Okay. Yeah. What did you do? So then I, so I was living at my mother's house at the time, right? Sharing a tiny bedroom with my four-year-old kid. And, you know, I just started from that point, I started putting one foot in front of the other. So I, I kept my, you know, I kept working, doing the tradesman stuff. And I started researching different things. And I started reading books with Access Consciousness. I got all of their books. And I was just like, I was, I was, um, just breathing this stuff in, just soaking it up. And, you know, and then I started doing some seminars and, and then within a few years, I started working with these guys, you know, helping them with their schedule. You know, I was like, can I help with this? Can I do this? You know, can I help you guys? You know, and then I started, and then that started showing up and then, you know, probably six, seven years into it, I started actually going, Oh, what if I've, because for me, even at that point, if you would have said you could go out and talk to thousands of people and, you know, and create change, I'd have been like, no, that's for you, weirdos. You go and do that shit. I'll be on the sideline and I'll just help you with it, you know? But no, I, I start, you know, I just started. I mean, I mean, I remember the first class that I facilitated of access consciousness. It was me and one participant in my man cave in Australia. <laughs> Great. Right. Well, if you go back um, to to church, where originally churches were founded, you know, two or three people coming together, that was yeah. considered a church. Uh, it's the same with with an AA meeting. If two yeah. like-minded people who who want to stop drinking come together, that's an AA meeting. End of the story. Yeah. So here you go. Don't put it down. Man caves in the world. Yes, unite. Man, yeah. Go man caves. Go man caves. You know. Oh, but wow. Man cave. <laughs> right. But you were still drinking. How was yeah. that? How was there? Was there an alter ego? Was there? Did that yep. drinking fit with the with the messages that you were trying to live consciously and helping others? Uh, I would say the drinking. Um, for me, the the idea was that I could use it to support it in somehow, in mm. some way, you know, so it wasn't, it was, you know, I never, I never at that point, I wasn't hiding it, you yeah. know, and I also wasn't drinking the way that I was in the end. Oh, sure, sure. You know, exactly. I could, I this, it hadn't really begun to to get to that point. So it was really, that was in my 30s. It was about having a good time too, mm. you exactly. know. And it is part and parcel of our culture. Let's not be silly about that. Okay, there's we live in so many um, uh, circumstances where alcohol is just absolutely normal. It's expected by yeah. society, um, yeah. and uh, therefore, yeah, it's we sometimes it's so easy for for it's let's say a younger generation to think, oh, all this alcohol. If you go back to the seventies, everyone was smoking like a chimney. 
Okay, yeah. this is yeah, mother, children, father, all cooped up in a small car, and you could barely see the the windscreen because it was so fucked up. That was smoking. Nowadays, completely, you couldn't understand it. Uh, just because yeah. changes in society have happened, drinking was the same thing then. Okay, yeah. so and and also, I mean, you got to know who you are. Hmm. And one of the things I got really good at with drinking was bullshitting myself. Oh yeah. You know, it's like everybody I'd be I'd be with a group of friends and they could have two drinks at lunch and then stop. If I had two drinks at lunch, all I would be thinking about the rest of the day is when am I getting more drinks? Mm-hmm. You know, but that was mm-hmm. the story that I told as a 13-year-old kid, that was there then. I always had an abnormality with alcohol, but I couldn't, you know, that wasn't something I was willing to see because it became the thing that took me away from what I decided I could not bear. So, you know, it that makes it a little difficult to be to be honest with yourself when you've found the thing that that supports you mm. from your point of view. Mm. Very true. And that is one aspect of the alcohol. But I mean, later on, I my life was eaten up by resentment, by, yeah. by anger about others. Oh, that was that was the, my driving driving force. I did forty pages, step four, forty two yeah. pages of a oh, step percent, four. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it, <laughs> guys. If you for the listeners and viewers, if you don't know step four, step four is is doing a brutal inventory, uh, yeah. honest, transparent. You just you write lists after lists after lists, and one of them is yeah. a resentment list. So Joe did that. That's how it made me feel. Yeah. And then you keep going, going, going. And you know what I found interesting about that though? Um, was half of those 40 pages were resentments at myself. Interesting. Yeah. You and were... I didn't realize I didn't realize how much I hated myself. Ooh. You know, and that was a that's a tough pill to swallow when you get that sense and you're like, so I find um, even in the last couple of days, I've had different conversations with friends and stuff and got to a little bit even more softness in my world. And, you know, I found myself tearing up yesterday and just going, you know, and, and apologizing to myself for different things. Because that's at the end of the day, this is, you know, our, our, what we do with alcoholism is it creates this insular world where it is you make it all about you. But and then so coming out of it to a degree, you actually still have to make it all about you. But it's but it's finding a way to make it about you and your recovery without excluding everyone and everything else around you. Very nice. And that's where, you know, I love access consciousness. The definition that we have of consciousness is where everyone and everything is included and no one and nothing is judged. And I think that is that brutal thing, um, the judging, isn't it? And yeah. you you put it so nicely yourself there. We are judging ourselves in such yeah. a negative way, um, in such a horrendous way. We would never talk to anyone else uh, in the way oh, we talk man, to yeah. ourselves, isn't it? And yeah, yeah guilty as charged. The Far blame... Out. The shame, the regret, the guilt, all of it, all of those things were, I mean, I remember, so for four months after this relapse, um, you know, I had lost everything pretty much. 
pretty much had lost everything with that relapse. And I was terrified, you know, and full of every kind of darkness you could imagine. And that was when it, my sobriety was most certainly not handed to me. I worked my ass off to lay that foundation, you know, but it's that willingness to, to know. And I would say for anyone out there listening to know that you can get through it, but the only way you can, and the only way, once again, that I've changed anything in my life is one foot in front of the other. Exactly. Period. You know, and then, and then another one, and then another, it's not going, how do I get from a totally dependent on alcohol wreck of a life where I've destroyed basically all of my relationships, my income, um, everything. How do I get from that to happy again? Mm. You didn't, you did not want to look from that. Mm. You want to get what's the step I want to put, what's the foot in front of the other right now? Because otherwise the leap seems too great. Absolutely. And I see, I see for a lot of us, that's why we don't change our life because you'll have a sense of what your life could be, the joy and the and the ease that you could have. But it's like, well, that's a massive, uh, that's a huge step. Yeah, but mm. what if it wasn't? What if it was just what choice could I make today mm. that would create a different future for me? And not just today, right now. Yeah, um, it that is too. It, yeah. It is the it is sometimes I I find myself overwhelmed by my mm. own flood of or I could do or I should do. Oh, I have to. And it's just, oh my God. And before right. before I think about this, because <laughs> anxiety. anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. oh my God. I was there yesterday, yesterday morning, and it was just, God, my brain was flooded with all kind of crap. And it, it comes at the most opportune times. For example, when you're at work and you think, now, come on, come on. So you focus yourself on work, but then you're guilty because the other things intruding in your work, they shouldn't because I am, come on, I'm so strong nowadays. I'm holding a show, you know, if for crying out loud, I should be able to manage that. And you get to go, fuck off. You, you just end up in, 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 a, in, in a, like a dog chasing its tail. And yeah. you just, you have to stop, you have to breathe, and you have to do one thing. So yeah. right now I'm sitting down and writing that prescription. Or then I actually stop for a moment and just re reflect. Did I actually drink enough today? Did I actually eat something healthy? Did I actually, you know, have I been doing some breathing exercises, etc.? So is yeah. that is that the stuff that you do as well? Is that, well, is that yeah i i like to um to the best of my ability question everything you know and recognize when i come to a conclusion of oh my day my day is going to be like this or i'm not going to have this be easy because of this and 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 not only the things that come out of my mouth but be present enough in my life to recognize the thoughts that i have also mm. Because it's every point of every single point of view we have, every thought that you have, mm. everything that we speak, are the things creating the energetics of our futures and our lives. Mm. And so talk about accountability. This is a really good one to look at because then if I'm not present, so if I'm not present for a day of my life, mm. tomorrow is not much fun because I'm on autopilot. 
you know, this reality around me is creating my life for me. I don't have to be present in it. So mm. I, what I like to do is um, give myself reminders. You know, I have lists on my phone of what questions could I ask? One of my, here's my, I'm going to give you my favorite one for today. What, if I institute it today, would create a greater reality in the next five years? One question. So then it's like it, and it's not about me now going, okay, what is that? Trying to look for the answer. It's about recognizing what's what allowing that awareness to come to me. And it could be anything. You don't know yes. what that is. Yes. You have no idea. But this is where if you're willing to come out a conclusion, it might be a conversation. It might be, you know, and my and it, it, it might be having this conversation with you because it's already it's made my world lighter. You know, and, and if you're willing to recognize that, then, then, and this is a little bit of a tough one to acknowledge, but I'm going to say it anyway, is if you recognize if both of us sit here and have a conversation and my world gets lighter and your world gets lighter, our world gets lighter. Exactly. hundred percent. And that is so beautiful. This is, this is uh, turning up. Um, yeah. There's is actually showing up is 80% of the success. And I think yeah. being intentional is actually exposing ourselves um, willingly to situations where maybe, just maybe, part of you actually wants to say, "Ooh, I hope my guest doesn't turn up. May I? Then I don't. I can just relax a bit more. Maybe I can even go back to bed or something yeah. like that." And in reality, it, I got up six in the morning, which is not my best time. Um, but I knew, I knew that I would very likely have a really good discussion. So I've, yeah. I've primed myself. I've created this habit and I'm no longer looking at it negatively. Oh, I have to get up. No, I get to get up. So I've yeah. rephrased my, my reality and yeah. I'm, I'm seeing it as an opportunity to grow. I'm seeing it as something good. Uh, there is a there's a beautiful beautiful talk TED talk out there or I think a, um, a talk from a uh, Admiral McRaven uh, about okay. the importance of making your bed in the morning, and he spoke oh, to to school leaders. I haven't seen it, but I've yeah. seen I've heard of heard that it. actually. Yeah. And it's yeah. just beautiful. He says, look, start your day intentional. I'm I'm paraphrasing here. Start intentional by do by making your bed. And with yeah. that, you have achieved already something. You have already uh, taken some of the chores away of having to make your bed towards the evening. Um, so when you come home tired, you just have to sneak in, etc. So he talks about the very practical steps that you can do. And these are tiny steps in the bigger scheme of things. But by yeah. you creating a habit of actually doing those steps on a regular basis, they become normal for you. They become... They become um, a kind of a driving force, a reinforcing force um, in your life. And that is the amazing, the amazing thing. So I'll try to do that as much as I can um, to, to take back control of, of the chaos that is my life. Because as soon as I leave the house, even sometimes just as the moment you open your phone, um, you have to say, oh, shit. Um, the next wave of the next tsunami of shit is coming my way. Um, yeah. So open wide, uh, <laughs> drink from yeah. the fire hose. And it is, uh, it, we can't change that. We can't change the world. 
uh well we can but that's another story well, um, we can we can change the way that we respond to it exactly and i think that's the big thing that changes our world if you recognize see for most of us we were taught that our two choices are either fight for or fight against mm. you know or we are wrong or we are right or we are good or we are bad you know and it's it's none of it was about empowering us to actually recognize what choice truly is yeah so you know one of the one of the recognitions that i that i also like to acknowledge as well and and talk to people about is we 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 do know the lie is that you don't know what's true for you one of the tools that we have in access is what's true for you will always make you lighter always What's, uh -huh. what's not true for you will always make you heavier or create that knot in your gut, you know, or that, that sense of knowing, you know, and I could use the example of how many of us have done something stupid in our lives and knew it wasn't going to turn out, but chose it anyway. I think we can all put our hands up and our toes up and everything <laughs> we have available up to that one, you know, but it's like, so it's recognizing that, with that as a with that as an awareness then what choices are you going to make to create the life that you desire oh. you know and when something doesn't work out right when something doesn't show up the way you want it to rather than go into a pile of shit wrongness go into the fight go into the blame once again how am i going to respond to this mm. what if you went to the question of what choice did i make that created this and you went oh, oh shit i knew this was oh shit you know, acknowledge that mm. and then go, how cool am I that I actually knew that? Now what else is possible? You're celebrating. You're celebrating yeah. the favor, the failure, yeah. not a favor. Um, yeah. And that is, that is exactly the skill that is so hard because I want to take my nine-tailed whip out. <laughs> I've made a mistake. Um, yeah. And on the contrary, I'm I'm trying to give myself the grace and trying to love myself enough that I can forgive myself for often the stupid things that you beat yourself up for. Um, yeah. So I'm still calling myself an idiot if I do something really idiotic. Um, but I do it with a, with a smile and with a laugh. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. My, my failures make me actually laugh <laughs> because yeah. I just, I just want to give myself a hug and say, you, stupid boy <laughs> <laughs> oh man i hear you you know and it's like and that's the beautiful thing about choice too is i've made so many stupid choices so many you know and it's like but i i like your attitude with that because if we can be a lot kinder to ourselves like you know one of the things that with my with the relapse last year, like I was stuck. I was so stuck in this. Not any tool that I had in my tool belt was working me out of that one. And mm. and it wasn't until I went, oh, okay, what if I looked at this different? What's the gift in this that I'm not acknowledging? Because mm. all I could do was judge it. And you cannot change anything that you're in judgment of. Mm. So when, when I took when you sorry, may I ask, when you came yeah. back to the alcohol then? What did it give you? Did it give you a, a, a small reprieve from the suffering? No, yeah. it, it gave me the rock bottom that I needed. <laughs> yeah, that was in a bigger scheme. I 100% yeah. agree with that. But that yeah. moment, that first drink, or for me, it's probably the, the third or fourth class when uh -huh. suddenly 
a warmth comes over me and suddenly my shoulders relax and suddenly, ah, there is the release of tension that I was you craving. Want... Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll give, I'll give you the honesty with it is I don't even remember the first drink. Interesting. Interesting. You know, which is how far along I'd progressed into this thing was, yeah. and and once again, full yeah. disclosure here, I drank for twelve days. <laughs> and You're an overachiever. Me, I like I, that. You know, hey, ask anyone that ask anyone that knows me. I'm either doing something. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it to the extreme. But, oh well. But it's brilliant. like basically that twelve days was a twelve days gone out of my life because I don't remember much of it. <laughs> okay and of course it's not just the, the, the decision to drink uh it's also the decisions that then go happen the next time the the famous here hold my beer um and uh, it's always a bad thing so there's much more happening then yeah. rather than just the decision to drink yeah. oh god oh well, boy. also it's like you know and that's part of sobriety also is i know my you know that the thing of the light and heavy tool that I gave is recognizing when that heaviness comes up of, okay, what's not right about this. Mm. What's going on here that I need to be looking at something different. So if I'm out, you know, and people are drinking, I'm usually pretty good around alcohol now until it hits a certain point where I'm like, okay, this doesn't work for me anymore. You know, time for me to make a different choice and get out of this situation. Mm. Cause that's the other thing is, that, you know, I learned with that was I put myself for that seven months that I was sober before that relapse. It's like I had put myself in danger on continuous occasions. I'd put myself in danger with my sobriety. I didn't care about myself to the degree that I do now. So I didn't mm. have the platform to work with. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's interesting, isn't it? We are mm. so good in giving advice out. Um, it is, yeah. And I have to reflect there and equally full disclosure. I mean, I was very good in picking up uh, mental health issues in my patients in a past. Well, still now, very good. But um, I couldn't see my own darkness. I couldn't see my own uh, post-traumatic stress until, you know, oh man, only recent years. Um so we have got that that uh, that partial blindness um, towards ourselves sometimes. Uh, maybe well, in yeah. intent, maybe intentional that we don't want to see it. Um, the denial. I mean, that is yeah. Oh man, fuck me. Um, yeah, you said you lost everything, mm -hmm. yet you are in you have been out there helping others so much yet are you now only catastrophizing don't people give you a, maybe a bit of slack and say well he, he has been such uh, he was there for everyone else just not for himself let's help yeah. him did that occur or was it actually really being dropped like a hot potato by the people no it you? was no it's like i mean i I am so fortunate. I have just countless people around the, the world that that care about me, you know, and that I have been there for. And I also have countless people around the world who have their, you know, judgment of what I chose and their wrongness of me. And it's like, 
So for me, once again, the only thing that keeps me going is recognizing what's true for me. I can't change what somebody has as a point of view. Mm -hmm. All I can do is change how I respond to it. So if I'm willing to go, hey, look, you know, I get you. Look, which was part of the amends for me. That was a big step. And I'm still making them, you know, and I'm still making them to the world because Mm. that was the thing, you know, after facilitating so many, being there for so many people, I dishonored them with that choice. And so that's where you know but but mainly dishonored myself but it's spread <laughs> out and I, that's what but that's yeah. what choices do yeah. is the choice it w- one thing i know about me is i make one choice it doesn't just affect me it affects the world mm. oh that's true there's the ripple effect 100 percent, the butterfly yeah. effect um it's interesting though you're giving yourself there uh, quite an honest very hard time the the mm-hmm. dishonor me and i guess that is it's a beautiful and sometimes you can't just have to carrot only you have to give yourself the stick so whilst we don't want to beat each other up constantly you need to hold yourself accountable and sometimes yeah. you and as part of step four you want to be brutally honest so yeah. as part of that i'll accept your choice of words um yeah and but at the same token it is um, I would advise those many other people out there who maybe looked at you, looked down on you, on yeah. your fall from grace. I yeah. would tell them. I did fall from grace. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would tell them, uh, be careful to throw stones in a glass house. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is, everyone is broken. Everyone is fucked up. Everyone is, has got their skeletons in the cupboard. So, guys just be a bit careful um how you judge others um because otherwise you're going to be judged the same way and it's going to it won't be pretty i can assure you that um well you know i watched um i watched this uh ted talk that brene brown did on vulnerability you know she's got some good stuff and she's done a lot of research and you know one of i can't remember who the quote was from but basically he talked about being seen and and vulnerability as getting yourself out there in the world with no walls and barriers. And he said, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm out on the battlefield, bloodied and teared up and sweating, which basically for him meant exposing himself in totality, why would I take, why would I take a point of view that from somebody who's not in that arena with me? Touche. Touche. You know, so it's like, it's also the willingness to go, you know what? We all fuck up. Ah. Uh. There's no doubt about that. And uh-huh. if, if, but, but me, see, the thing for me is uh-huh. judgment doesn't combat judgment. So it's recognized that people, uh-huh. people have their judgments. What, what can I be? What allowance can I be with that? But also, I want to make one thing, um, I want to make one thing clear with my, with my story with this also. In those early months of sobriety, I did have to beat the shit out of myself. You know, I had to give myself some strong talks and look in the mirror and and recognize, Mm. which was part of the making amends also, recognize I had made choices that were unkind, you know, that were that mean, that were dishonoring, that were untrustworthy. And that's where I think this is where the courage comes into it. 
yeah. is if you're going to, if you are actually going to have a maintainable sobriety and one that allows you to have a life of thrival, you're going to have to get honest with yourself. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, that is very, very true. Uh, but there's a distinction here between being honest with yourself and having a really yeah. cold hard look at the actions that you have or the choices you have made in the past yeah. uh, versus beating yourself up. So to be mm. actually clear in your mind is one thing to have the twins of of uh, guilt and shame riding you for the rest of your life um that is a big big difference yeah big so, difference yeah i love it what you're saying there i love it the, the honest brutal hard look well and the brutal hard look also has to be proactive yeah see because there's no use whipping yourself with chains and having these strong talks with yourself is it, if it's just about, well, let me judge myself because that's the appropriate thing. Mm. And that's going to change this judgment mm. creates nothing. It only, it only destroys. So mm -hmm. the proactive reality with it is recognized. Yeah. You're going to have to have those hard talks with yourself, mm. but they are to give you the awareness that you, that you require to make different choices. Mm. Absolutely. And, and, that is that is one argument that speaks for the 12 step approach um yeah. there are other other approaches out there where people say no i'm not an alcoholic um i'm not an addict um but i want to create a better future and that will help me and there's not necessarily something wrong with that it's just i find for me it would i needed to accept the fact yep that I was responsible for my choices, that I so am an brother. Yep. First exactly. Step. Exactly. So therefore I disagree a bit with the, with the approach <laughs> of no, 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 I'm not an alcoholic uh, and, <laughs> and alcoholism is not a disease and, and those kind of things. There are arguments um, that maybe work for, for others. They probably wouldn't have worked for me. Um, yeah. This would have given well, me a way out kind of yeah. a thing. And can I just say with that, I love that you, that you brought this up because the first step is to me, the most valuable of them all. And that tool that I gave before about what's, what's true for you will always make you lighter mm. is if this is something you're looking at, if you, if it lightens you up at all to read that doctor's opinion in the big book and get some sense of that's who you are, then it might be true for you. And from what I've seen, and I'm just going to put this out there as my point of view Anybody who actually has an allergy to alcohol requires the structure of those 12 steps. Nice. Nice. Um, and, and I tried, I mean, man, did I try to avoid them? I was like, give me the, give me the spiritual path and give me the, uh, give me the, like, just somebody take it away from me or, you know, but it was like, that was never going to work. <laughs> and you know why? Because, in the 12-step program, you are taking control with yep. the guidance of others, with the guidance yep. of people who are further down the path. And uh, you make intentional choices. You yeah. learn how to live your life in a different yeah. way. And whilst uh, other things, you go to your to the top of the mountain where this yogi is giving you some magic insight, I'm sorry, it's still you're expecting others to give you the insight. No, you... Well, exactly right. And you still, I hate to say it, 
but even with all the insight out there, you either have an allergy to alcohol or you don't, there's no cure to it. <laughs> you know, and that was for me, was such a gift to, to finally get that and go, you know what, I know yeah. now if I go and have a drink right now, mm. um, that will lead to an in, insane amount of cravings to more drinks and it will, my future is gone once again. I know that about me. There we go. I've taken away the 50 shades of gray and now it's mm. all quite like easily... A- you know to see which what is (laughs) it is and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful and i'm i'm as again i'm so pleased for you that that you had this had to learn this hard lesson because it just can i ask how how many how many years sober are you (laughs) nine years sober but I actually nice. nine years. Having said that, um, I had start of this year. I had a relapse. Um, okay. I had about uh, twelve bottles of wine over a period uh-huh. of some some weeks. Um, but it was uh, it was a relapse defined wow. uh, defined by the hiding, defined by the denial, defined by the escaping, trying to escape from reality again. Um, yeah. trying to fall back into those ways and um so it was an intriguing experience and again i'm grateful for it oh. because it it led me to uh, to ask different questions it uh, it led me to a more intentional life whilst i yeah. had been very intentional for for in the daily daily supply of the things that I truly need, like the the food, the the rehydration, the sleep, all those things. I had looked after myself from that angle, but due to a number of circumstances, there was no more joy in my life. There was only survival. And because of one wave of shit after the other, um, inside of me came out again the survivor. The survivor is a dude within me that helps me to get through hard times, who makes very hard decisions that most of the time are absolutely right, but he makes them with a big sword, and that sword is double-edged. So he can easily slice through enemies and make hard decisions towards the world. The problem is he's not so good with his knife skills, so he also hurts <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so I I was glad that the guy came out to help me, um, but then I saw that he was actually beginning to hurt me with the drinking, and uh, then. I had to realize, no, sorry, man. You thank you so much for helping me, but back in your dungeon now. Come on, come on, let's lock that door again. And yeah. that was good. So it is what it is. We all I love will... that you kept going. Oh, that's it. That's it. You we need to. We need all you to can do. Oh. And I mean, are there thoughts of I I loved your honesty when you said, look, hey, if that is all there is, oh, I might as well stop it all. Um yeah. same here. These are yeah. normal thoughts. I mean, we we try to analyze our life, and sometimes we unfortunately have maybe very black tinted glasses on, and yeah. we maybe see only darkness. So that's one of the risks. But sometimes there is so much negative happening, but you just have to say, "Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm sick of it now." Unfortunately, um, the analytics of our of 
of our lives, the way that we use our minds is not very productive. <laughs> and not always right. No, <laughs> rarely seldom, right. Rarely right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. <laughs> but it is, it's the, the realization that this is what is happening in our heads, the catastrophizing, the, the negative, negative talk, um, the, the, the beating us up. Um, well, yeah, and for most of us, it's the way we've been programmed. Touche. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I was about to go yeah, for. So, go, go for it, brother. Go for it. Well, I, I would just, you know, that's why, and I'll bring it up again, access consciousness. I've looked, I've tried so many things, and it's like, and this really is about empowerment, mm. you know, empowering you to know what you know, because one of the things we talk, one of the sayings we have is your mind is a dangerous thing, waste it. Because <laughs> which one, which one is faster, thinking or knowing? You know, and that's when if you begin to tap into that knowing and you begin to ask, and and the way that you get there is through questions. Mm. Recognize what do I know here that I'm trying to think out of existence, you know, and begin to recognize that you as a being have capacities far beyond what we've ever given ourselves credit for. So Tapping into that is a whole different universe and, and can create a whole different life for you. But once again, it's not none of us are perfect, but for most of us, we've spent our lives trying to create this ideal uh, room, this um, ideal scenario of mm. perfectionism. You know, and we've been programmed to think that so that everything that doesn't show up or match it brings us into the same cesspool of judgment. Mm. I would highly recommend for anyone out there looking for some more space to check out the access bars because that was a thing that just it just was miraculous in my world and still is to this day. I still use it to this day and I love it and it's just awesome. Oh, brilliant. Brendan, what an interview. What an insight <laughs> there. It, it, you really um, make me think, make me reflect, make me feel um thank you for that i'm very oh, grateful man, thank you that is it mutual shook my shook some of my foundations there a little bit um i love it the i mean if people sort of gel with what you what you have been saying where can they find out more about you they can check out my website which is brandonwatt.com or also check out the um accessconsciousness.com the website for that and you there's i mean it's huge it's all over the world now and there's lots of free stuff as well there's lots of lots of choices you know lots of different books and media articles there's just so much out there so it's like you know for people i would say um for 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 those of us who have tended to have the kind of the tumultuous life had the term you know all of those but oftentimes we are the seekers of the world you know, the ones looking for something. Mm. We're not the kind who just go, well, that's life and that's it. I'll just put up with it. My father was that kind of person. I am not that kind of person. I am curious and my curiosity is what drives my mm. universe. So it's like, so I would say for people, find what it is that works for you. Mm. Could be gardening. Who knows? It's like, <laughs> could be having your hands in the earth, but find what that is that that lights you up. Absolutely. Beautiful, 
Beautiful. And guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video of the podcast. Uh, you'll find all of Brendan's links down there. Whilst you're down there, come on, press that like and subscribe button. Come on. And <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, do it. That's it. Exactly. It. And even put put maybe a comment in there. times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. Uh, no, you're quite right. Go out there and take action. And you've just yeah. done that. You, I congratulate you, all of you who uh, have listened to this this video. You've just taken action. Congratulations. Yeah. So you've made a choice. You've followed through. This is a win. So now what can you, how can you capitalize on that? I mean, what's yeah. the next step that you can take to get you towards the new you, who you want to be, who you probably deserve to be, and who, who is maybe so so hidden still um but this person is waiting to come out and uh, brendan you said it earlier you don't know what brings that person out you don't know what uh what exactly or who exactly that person probably is but i encourage you to take one step at a time one little exploration yeah. maybe one new book maybe read 10 pages today make if you if you don't regularly read books read 15 pages today uh, make that a little habit for the next 30 days make sure that you drink enough that you drink water that you do to uh to actually look after your absolute basic needs as a human being and that is already another win look at you you're, you're just a winner here regardless how how shitty your life might look like right now you're taking control you're taking action you're a winner and for that that is the life that i subscribe to um, and and that is where, where Brendan and I are at. We just so happen to be a little bit further down the path. And from now and then, it's quite a steep path, like, like, like you know, a bit icy. And so both Brendan and me just slipped the big back down. But that yeah. only was, as I said, with the, with the arrow, it just gave us more power uh, and more pull on the string. And now we are ready to go even further and probably further than we thought we would go um, just because. We are celebrating our failures, and that is a beautiful thing. So, guys, this is beautiful. Brendan, you're an amazing man. Uh, I can't wait to have you back because no Thank doubt you. the way you are you are changing, the way you're transforming uh, in a year, two years' time, you're going to be a very different hey. man. You hey. will have. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, it's like if I stay sober, my life keeps expanding. So that's my – it's a <laughs> – my sobriety is my, it's my, it's a big priority in my world. Mm. Wow. Brandon, you're a great man. That's all I can say. It was it an honor, mutual, honor to interview. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you guys out there, look after yourself and live a passion. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.